Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 214 of the show. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. Uh, what's going on? It's felt like an extended vacation. I know. From, from the pod and also from from club play. We got some international ball going on, the U.S. split results. Um Germany didn't look so good, but they put Ghana away, which is the more important one in my eyes. Historically, yeah. growing up watching U.S. Ghana was always an absolute bloodbath, uh, all in the in the World Cup group stage matches. So, yeah, that was fun. But we're ready. We got a full Saturday slate with I think eight games. So we're gonna come back with a bang. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of things I wanted to talk about internationally. Um, Matt and I mentioned. Uh, just before we started the show, the uh, Belgium and Spain friendly. I don't know if that was an actual. I think that was an actual qualifier for the Euro. Belgium, um, Sweden. Yeah, yeah. It got um, it got abandoned because of a uh, act of violence. Two two Swedish football fans were killed um, in in the town center uh, in Belgium, and unfortunately, uh, the the match had to be abandoned. The players didn't feel that it was safe. Uh, to come back out and and play the remainder of the the football match because uh, the man who um, man woman I don't know what who it was that, that perpetrated the crime but there were still uh, at large so uh, everybody in the stadium apparently was done within two blocks of the stadium and uh, all of the players and the fans felt you know there's not really any need for uh the match to be continued they so they suspended it at halftime that one's gonna have to uh get replayed so obviously terrible news uh out of out of belgium terrible terrible stuff uh and kind of honestly just insane um that that that's the reason this match had to be suspended but uh, that is unfortunately uh you know kind of the world that we live in these days yeah, and they have, we have two more rounds of qualifiers in November for the Euros, and then it'll be 100% complete. We'll see what the teams that qualify, I'm sure the weeks to follow, we'll see the, the groups for this summer coming up in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, for the U.S., uh, I watched two games. The Germany game was uh, kind of upsetting, honestly. I felt that we had uh, a pretty good chance after the way that we started. looked very lively on the counter. Um, but just weren't able to defend Sané and Musiala and Nabry, even Nico Fulkrug, uh, which is a guy that has, you know, super, super low pace. Uh, letting him get through and get loose in the box was tough. Matt Turner had his work cut out for him, uh, no doubt about it. But the uh, the Ghana game was fantastic. What a watch that was. Um, they absolutely fucking smoked Ghana. This is not the black stars that we think of when we think of Ghana. You know, this is not Essien uh, and all of those guys that worked so hard in the 2014 World Cup. Uh, That team was was unbelievable. Um, But yeah, nice, nice to see a 4-0 win there. And did did you see the uh, indirect free kick in the box? No, I didn't. Oh man, it was great. Um, So Gio Reyna's second goal came off of a. Uh, indirect free kick that was awarded in the box. Uh, it was right alongside the penalty marker. So everybody on the uh, the Ghanaian team got in the net, uh, and the keeper was absolutely tweaking, dude. I'll, I'll have to send you the clip, but it was so funny 
Um, they had like eight players on the line, and Reyna actually just crushed it, was able to kind of curl it in uh, far right side of the uh, net. I mean, a great, great strike, but uh, very, very unique. You don't see that all that much anymore. Uh, the indirect in the box, but it did happen, and it was uh, it was quite entertaining. Yeah, the upcoming matches that are listed, we have two matches against Trinidad and, and Tobago mm-hmm. in, in November. It's listed as a CONCACAF Nations League quarterfinals match after we we beat Canada this summer in the in the previous final. So I didn't know this was a yearly thing, but that's cool. Keep them going, and then there'll be a big international break until January. Yeah. Um, Norway, I believe, are going to miss out on qualification. They still have one last chance uh, to make it through, but it's looking like right now Odegaard and Holland, a dynamic international duo, uh, are going to miss out on the Euro, which is a huge loss. Yeah, that's the one flaw for Holland. It's it's like Messi and Ronaldo in the past, not winning the World Cup. These guys can't even make it to the big dance in general with the Euros now. So that's really upsetting for him. You want to see the best of the best at the tournament. Currently, nine teams have qualified for this summer's tournament. Yeah, Austria, Belgium, France, England, Germany, Portugal, Scotland are in, Spain, yep. and Turkey. Those are the nine right now that have already qualified. Yeah, and Scotland have been in unbelievable international form. They they did lose to Spain. I watched a majority of that game. Uh, McTominay hit one of the most <laughs> unreal free kicks uh, I've ever seen. Like, really, shades of David Beckham, and unfortunately, it got ruled off to an offsides in the uh, in the play. But uh, it was it was unbelievable. Um, they lost to Spain, but both of those teams are qualified anyway. Both on fifteen points in Group A. Uh, so nothing doing, not not a huge match, but really entertaining. Um, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say Italy potentially might miss out to yeah. the tournament right now. Ukraine is three points above them, but Italy have a game in hand on them to level it out there. So they still have time. And I don't know if they still have to play Ukraine again, looking on their schedule here for future yeah, they have to play them in November, so that might be that might decide whether they make it or not. Yeah, um, another match I, I got to catch the entire game was uh, France and the Netherlands. That was really entertaining. I mean, Mbappe scored two just belters, really, really nice goals. That that France team is going to be a powerhouse. Uh, excuse me for as long as um, as Mbappe is playing. When you are putting a player as in form as Antoine Griezmann all the way back at center mid, that means the majority of your attacking force is very, very talented. And obviously we saw that France team in the World Cup final uh, where where they attempted to slay Argentina, but they weren't able to do it. France is, is going to be really, really powerful. Um, in this Euro, in the next World Cup, I have no doubt um, that they will be there in both finals. I mean, they are just a juggernaut. Anything else uh, you wanted to talk about uh, internationally or anything like that? I mean, this is going to be a shorter and ep- shorter episode because we don't have a ton of, um, you know, uh, matches to recap just because there's so much going on um, in international. I mean, there's like 30 fixtures a day over four days. It's just unbelievable. 
uh, to catch up and, and keep up with all of it. But was there any other matches that, that stuck out? I mean, did you did you manage to catch England uh, versus Italy? No, I didn't really have time to watch many. Uh, yeah. I was interested when the Mexico-Germany game that ended in a draw. That was big for them. Yep. After the previous month's matches where they tied Uzbekistan 3-3, uh, Mexico's been up and down trying to find some form with management and all that. So um, trying to keep the U.S. in the lead there. The Euros has been fun to keep up with with the qualifiers. I didn't realize Portugal's 8-0 in qualifiers. Yeah, they're mega. They've only conceded twice, been scored 32, not considering the teams in their group. But um, And San Marino, I believe, scored their first competitive goal in qualifiers here for like a first time in a long time as well, That's right. yep. even though they lost 2-1 to Denmark. Impressive either way, only losing 2-1 to Denmark. Denmark's a, a decent side, you know? Um, impressive yeah. stuff, yeah. I heard, I heard an idea floated, potentially, how the World Cup is the best of the best. There should be a tournament for the worst 32 ranked uh fifa uh, confederate countries <laughs> to play in ah. and the and it's a winner take all for the revenue that would be interesting you could throw like malta um azerbaijan like those gibraltar the tiny little countries that have virgin island know. samoa islands yeah that would be interesting that that no. would be a, quite a watch. <laughs> I can't imagine thinking of like local high school teams playing here, and it would be pretty much similar. I mean, it's pretty much the same. You have to think like a majority of the players that are playing on those national teams. I mean, I'm sure it's a huge honor. Obviously, yeah, obviously course. it is. But um, it's it's guys that work normal jobs that work nine to fives. It would be like you know if you and I went out there. Uh, after after we got done work and and had to suit up against uh, against Ireland or Belgium, it would be uh, it'd be crazy, you know. I'm taking somebody with me, man. Yeah, I mean those countries are so small. If you look at Gibraltar and San San Marino is tiny. Liechtenstein, they just played Iceland. I mean, I think you could fit a thousand Liechtenstein's within the uh, you know country of Iceland, and Iceland is not a big country either, so. It it is wild to think about um, how these teams are even established. They have their own FAs. They have their own operation structures. Um, if you were to combine a country like Liechtenstein and 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 look at their uh, football federation versus even the structure of a lower half or or bottom three. In the Premier League, I'm sure the operation structure in the Premier League is a thousand times more complex, and uh, it is wild to think that you know this is the world of football that we um, so so desperately love. Um, all right, uh, Matt. Anything else you want to talk about before we get into picks? Sorry, guys, this is going to be a short one, but we wanted to make sure that you know you aren't left without our our lovely picks for the week. Uh, no, I was just keeping tabs on big injuries if there were, there weren't. And Neymar. Yeah, Neymar was the biggest one with that ACL rupture. That was really bad. Um, I was like, before it happened, I was like looking at, at highlights or just like something popped on my feed back in like, uh, 2014, like some Santos. Oh clips, man, but... I watched it last night. Yeah. So it's really sad to see the, what's happened to him and how polarizing of a figure he is and has become now. So yeah, that's tough. You never want to see anybody pick a big, big injury, especially if they're on my fantasy team. So I had one or two scares, but we're in good shape there and we're ready to, we're ready to ball out. 
Yeah. So Matt, uh, while we're on the t- well, we were on the topic of Neymar. Are you familiar with the uh, the coincidence that he is somehow always injured uh, during his sister's birthday? Are you familiar with this theory? No, I'm not. So Neymar, throughout his career, has been hurt many, many times. Right when you know around his sister, who he loves dearly. Uh, right around her birthday, every, like very, very often. I think it's happened six or seven times throughout his career when he was at, not when he was at Santos, but when he was at Barcelona, when he was at PSG. Um, I don't remember exactly when her birthday is, but the streets say that maybe they have a different relationship than normal brothers and sisters. Oh my God. So I, I just, I just wanted to put it out there. And and make sure people are abreast of the situation. Uh, I'm surprised that you didn't know about this. And <laughs> while while I'm on it, uh, let me check when her birthday is. So her birthday is March 11th. She was born uh, 1996. So she's two years. That's that's your age, right? 1996. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Um, Interesting stuff. Rafaela Santos. Uh, yeah, it is the birthday curse. That is what they call it. Um, I don't know. It, people say, you know, bro- ankle injuries and broken metatarsals are bad luck, but I'm not sure he's going to be out long enough to, to make sure that he's at home uh, for his sister's birthday. <laughs> yeah, I did not um, expect that to be the theory. Just, <laughs> it's It's been a theory for a long time, many, many years. I never even knew he had a sister, but mm-hmm. yeah, looking at the pictures, she's a good looking woman. Um, uh, that I, he fine. thinks so too, apparently. <laughs> well, I think with an ACL <laughs> rupture, he won't have any trouble um, getting back until after March. So if that's the case, he's good. He's going to have a tough but, time doing birthday activities with a fucking ruptured ACL. Uh, well, at that point, I'm sure he'll be in rehab and he'll be pretty good. So <laughs> I think it's it's timely if he's done it. Uh, the timing is is great. <laughs> he'll be right back to peak form, you think, by March? Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Oh, I mean, he's man. I mean he's later in his career. On a serious note, I guess he's later in his career. It's tough. Um, maybe it's an it's another out to not play in in heat in Saudi. Because um, no matter what time of the year, it's fucking hot as shit out there. Um, he's already secured fucking like 300 mil a season on top of whatever else they're paying him. I, I, I remember they're paying like his living fees and like paying for all his food and stuff. So he basically doesn't have to pay for anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's set for life. He was already set for life, but generational and generational wealth. It's incredible. Um, uh, my fit, my number one thing I look at with those players is will they ever make a comeback to Europe at any point? depending on the future of the Saudi league and what it turns into because um, the financial backing is there, but it all comes down to retaining eyeballs. And if they're be able to compete in the highest competitions, like the looking to be in a champions league spot in 2025, I know that was a talking point, uh, the winner of the Saudi league getting a, a champions league position. So yeah, yeah. Only time will tell, but um yeah, that was a theory I never never thought I'd hear um, yeah. about Neymar. <laughs> so, so, so if you look at the picture that I just sent you, um, I just texted it to you. Yeah. What they posted of him is him on the floor writhing in pain, and they decided that they needed to post a picture of him in one of the weakest moments 
uh, which is when you get when you get banged up like that and you're on the floor, you're fucking calling for the physio. Um, that the maybe the money is great in social media, but I don't think the uh, the you know, let's say intelligence level of of the people running the clubs is there's a lot of money. I don't know if if you know the actual operations are quite where they need to be because no Premier League club, no Spanish club, no Italian club. Although maybe an Italian club, they're they're interesting over there. Would post a picture like that uh, on their main feed. I have no idea what they're doing over there, but uh, they're clearly cooking something. Yeah, definitely not uh, up to scratch. With, not kind. Uh, just just not nice. <laughs> they're not used to having a lot of media attention. I'm sure in the days to come, people will be ripping on them. Yeah, and uh, they'll, they'll soon learn. But I don't think they really care ultimately because they have all the power. But still, why, um, why would you? Yeah, yeah. I don't think Neymar care. Well, Neymar's reputation is already pretty banged up after over the years. But still, it doesn't help. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he cares. She's going to be able to go home. Yeah, see sister. Yeah, that's all that matters. Um, okay, should, should we uh jump into previews for match day nine? Please. <laughs> all right. Um, starting us off, a Merseyside derby: Liverpool versus Everton, Saturday, October twenty first at Anfield. Ah, uh, this is a tough one. Everton have been in much better form as of late. They've got two wins in their last three. Liverpool coming off a loss and a draw consecutively. Um, um, I think I'll take Liverpool. I, I think they're going to get up for this one, especially after um, having a week off. Well, really two weeks almost. Um, but yeah, I think I'll take Liverpool. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think they'll get up for it. I think they, they can win against Everton. Yeah, this is the third early game of the season. I think Liverpool's played in all of them yeah. so far. Klopp's upset with that after international breaks. Uh, they also flexed the Liverpool-Man City match in a couple weeks to the early window as well. So nah, the FA is not too kind to Klopp, but Klopp isn't the nicest to them either. But yeah, still got to run Liverpool. Zach's going Liverpool as well. It's at Anfield. So even though the, the stadiums are only a mile apart, it makes a massive difference being at your stadium. So, and Liverpool's in pretty good fitness. Robertson is listed as a game time decision. Um, but even if Shamikis is out there, he should be okay. Oh, he suffered a dislocated shoulder. Oh, boy. So, That's not so right. It's looking like Shamikis is likely to be the starter. So that left side might be a little bit. Um, conservative, not as attacking, but um, Shemikis did sign like a long-term deal over the summer to extend his stay, keep that core left-back room going. But yeah, I think Liverpool should get the job done, but I wouldn't look too far past Everton here. They have been playing better. Ducor has been an X-factor. DCL is fit at the moment, and if all those things continue, they should be okay. Yeah. Okay. Brentford versus Burnley up next at the G Tech. Uh, obviously, Manchester United are coming off of their win over Brentford. Uh, Brentford suffered that 2 1 defeat after leading for essentially the entire game. Uh, I am certain that they will be upset. And to be honest, at the minute, Brentford are having, ex- having an extremely tough time. They've only taken. Two points out of their last possible 15. They are in awful form. Burnley are also in awful form, but they've taken four points out of their last 15. 
I think Brentford turn it around. I think they win this one, but I don't think it's going to be easy. Burnley uh, could absolutely fight in this game. I just think Brentford have more quality on the pitch, and obviously they're a little bit more well-organized uh, than Burnley are at the current minute. Massive six-pointer, the Huge. bottom end of the table, both teams in terrible form. Um, if there was ever a time for a company to get one, it was now. Uh, this Brentford team is strong in the back, but going forward, they don't have the clinical finishers at the moment. But still, I think Burnley leaked too many goals, and I think Brentford, even a little bit handicapped here, they have a little bit of injuries in the back. Flecken is still going to be out. Ethan Pinnock was the guy that I was worried about for my team. He had a Achilles injury that apparently he's been playing through. He, he skipped out on Jamaican international duty, but he was pictured to be in training yesterday. So I think the backline core should be there. Jensen's been a baller this year in the midfield for them. Um, and then a boy Visa need to turn it up. We could see an appearance from Neil Maupe. And I think they get like a squeaky like 1-0 here over Burnley. Yeah. And then Zach's going Brentford as well. Okay. Uh, up next, Bournemouth versus Wolves. Um, Bournemouth, shockingly, the favorite here. It is a home game. It is at the Vitality, but Wolves are in absolutely fantastic form in their last three. They've taken five uh, points, uh, which isn't great, but they've got that win against City and then two draws on either side of it. Bournemouth, however, uh, have been in absolutely terrible form. They defend so poorly everything is just shambolic even moving forward once the ball gets to the um their forward players it just doesn't seem like they're doing anything with it uh three losses in their last three this one's easy i know it's a way for wolves but i'll take wolves i think neto uh is just going to absolutely carve them up yeah i like kwang he chan as well yeah he's I good think. i was a little bit early on him huh yeah, you knew you knew something before the the public there as as normal, and I think yeah, wolves as well for me. And Zach is going with a draw. This is the these these two games for Bournemouth are Iriola's last chances. They play Wolves obviously, and then next week they play Burnley. I think if they don't pick up a, a win in either of those games, um, it's it's curtains for him, and they they move on. They just play. They play this Spanish football with their quality of team against everybody, and it just doesn't seem to work. They don't have the guys for it, or they didn't have enough time to implement it. So I think this is curtains for him. As my preseason prediction was, I thought he was going to be one of the first managers sacked, and I think this is the time here. It's saying Philip Billing, one of their most consistent guys, is a game-time decision. He withdrew from Denmark's camp with a minor injury, apparently. A little bit of a setback, but... He should be fit if because he pulled out early in the in the window or sorry in the week of uh, international duty. So, but I, I like Wolves. Neto, as you mentioned, has been a baller this year, and then uh, the back line is a very scary to go up against. Yeah, no doubt about that. Okay, um, our next match, Matt, you'll get first pick on the next three: Nottingham Forest versus Luton Town at the City Ground. Uh, Nottingham Forest in decent form; they've taken. Uh, six points out of their last possible 15, sitting in 13th. And Luton Town, of course, uh, taking just four out of their last 15 or in 17th. So this also would qualify as a six-pointer. Um, Luton Town would do really well to get a point at least from this one. Uh, and they have been scoring goals on, you know, a little bit more often. So uh, we'll have to see. But what do you think, Matt? Yeah, since, since Awani's gone out, 
Forrest have looked really weak up front. They missed that number nine figure up there, and Chris Wood and Origi can't do that at the moment. So I think this is an opportunity for Luton to continue some squeaky results over their competition down there that have been struggling. I'm going to take a draw here, uh, Luton on the road, and then uh, Zach's going to take Forrest outright. All right, Zach's going to take Forrest outright. I'll take a draw. I think it's low scoring. Uh, perhaps we'll see Mr. Clinton Morris get on the score sheet, but Nottingham Forest are going to struggle to score without a one year. You're, you're absolutely Clinton. right. What's that? Carlton. Oh, Carlton Morris. What did I say? Clinton. Clinton. I said Clinton <laughs> Morris. No, I, I meant Carlton. Um, yeah. So hopefully he can get on the score sheet. I think this one's a draw. I can see one, one, uh, definitely not two, two, but certainly one, one, uh, in the cards. Okay. Manchester City versus Brighton up next at the Etihad. Uh, Brighton suffering a bit of a fall off uh, from last season. They are in 16th. Um, they've had a couple of tough fixtures in Europe. Uh, their last two loss and a draw. So not a terrible form. They do have 16 points uh, and they're right outside the top five. But um, Manchester City, on the other hand, coming off two consecutive defeats, one to Wolves, one to Arsenal before the break. They're on 18 points in third place. Uh, City, obviously, the overwhelming favorite, and I think for good reason. Matt, you have the citizens here? Yeah, I do, and Zach does. Uh, Rodri, since he's been suspended, City haven't won a game without him. He's back now. Even though it's Brighton, I still think they win. Holland's going to get one to get back on the board. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think how important one guy is for a team. And in City's case, you'd think it'd be Holland, but he touches the ball 15 times a game. So Rodri's that leader for them. He gets things going. He's a grok in the middle, wins the ball, completes set of play, can bang a couple goals as well. He does it all for them. And now that he's back, they're going to be looking better in the in the win column. Yeah, I, you know, with Rodri coming back, I think this is an easy spot for City. Um, I don't know what the line looks like. I'm going to have to take a look at it. I can't wait to bet on Premier League football again this weekend. Um, but I, I think this is an easy spot for City. I think they win this game, like not even sweating it. Uh, Rodri being back is just a huge gain. And we're only about a month or two away, I think, from KDB coming back. So City will be the threat that they they have been. You just have to wait a little bit for all, them to get all of their uh, men them back. Yeah, on FanDuel, it's listed Man City minus 250, Ugh. Brighton's plus 550, and then a draw is 440 plus. Yeah, so maybe worth a, uh, a, a Brighton or draw, um, you know, double chance. I think if you're looking. Brighton and, yeah, Brighton and draw is plus 195. Ah, that's, those are great odds. If City don't show up, I think Brighton could, could absolutely at least nick a point off of this one. Uh, and that'd yeah. be great as an Arsenal fan, too, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, Newcastle versus Crystal Palace at St. James Park. Um, Palace currently in ninth place on 12 points. They've got five points out of their last possible nine, so in good form. They've obviously lost uh, Eberich Eza, who is out with a hamstring issue. Uh, Newcastle, on the other hand, in eighth, uh, one point ahead of Crystal Palace uh, on 13 Three losses and a draw, or three wins and a draw in their last four. They're in great form. They're still, I'm sure, just absolutely uh, jumping from that win over PSG at St. James Park. Uh, I think Newcastle should easily win this game. Uh, what about you, Matt? 
Yeah, I agree. Crystal Palace have way too many injuries in their midfield right now. Too many guys are just coming back into the team. Uh, the good thing for them is Alisse is closer and closer to come back. Uh, he had a little bit of a setback, though, so he'll be out for another like two to three weeks. But still, when those two guys come back, they'll be balling out. But going to Newcastle without a lot of your main players is going to be tough. So I got to go with the Jordies, and Zach's going to Newcastle as well. Okay. <clears throat> and then up next, game of the week. I actually stole the first pick last time, so I'll give it to you here. Chelsea versus Arsenal at the bridge. Arsenal coming off a win over Manchester City. They've won four of their last five games, the other one being a draw. Uh, they're on 20 points level with Tottenham. Chelsea, two wins in their last two, 11 points uh, total on the table. They're sitting in 11th place as well. Uh, Matt, who do you have? Because it's looking like, um, oh, fuck, what was I going to say? Reese James will be back. Yeah, that would be a big plus for 45 minutes. Until he's um, out again, yep. Yeah, he's not going to play a full game. Um, he probably would never will again, to be fair. We had some setbacks with Chukomeka and Chalaba. They were had some setbacks in their injury progress. Um, Axel Dizazi, who's been a, a starter for us at right center back next to Thiago Silva, picked up an injury with France over the break and could potentially be a scratch on this game and we don't we don't really have any other center backs in there they'd have to slide call Levi Colwell in there play Cucurella and if James is fit we should be okay Gusto's back so the back line should be okay midfield will be the same three and Enzo Gallagher and Caicedo and then uh, Nico Jackson had had wrist surgery over the break he should still wear that brace I'm sure so yeah, I think it'll be close, closer than people think. Um, Arsenal are going to control a lot of the game. Zach's going with Arsenal outright. I'm going to take a little bit of an oddball one with Saka being questionable as well. I'm going to go with a draw. Uh, yeah, I'll take Arsenal, but I don't think this is going to be as easy as the last couple of fixtures against Chelsea. I think they're going to show up. Uh, Mikhailo Mudrik, I don't know if you, if you had seen, but he was yeah. absolutely stunting for Ukraine this week. He uh he scored an unreal goal, his second goal, uh in that that fixture that Ukraine played. It was it was fantastic. He's been in great form. I think Raheem Sterling has a lot to prove right now. Uh, well, he feels that way. I don't think he has much to prove. He's been great for Chelsea, um and and honestly, was great for England when he was selected into the team. But he he just missed out on that. So he's upset. I think he played amazingly uh the last time we saw him uh it's it's going to be a tough match i think chelsea stay in it but i do think that we win this one uh i'll take arsenal yeah uh any positive showing would be nice yeah. uh with the three three game win streak if we can manage something out of this would be good keep us in shape to get back in the mix for the top half of the table yeah this is this is the start of a run where it's going to be we're really going to see what we're made of with potch and the boys, obviously, more guys getting back to fitness is is great. Um, with our next three being Arsenal, Brentford, and then Tottenham in the league should be interesting. It's we we struggled last year against top half op- opposition. I believe we didn't even win one game over the top ten last year. So starting off this year with better shellings would be nice. Uh, also, another news: Eden Hazard came out and said he retired. Um, sad yeah. to see what, what his career became after he left the club. Uh, our records transfer sell over a hundred mil to Madrid it was big for him, big for us, and everything. But 
sad to see how his career ended there, um, losing all his reputation and just getting shit on by Madrid. So, yeah, sad for him, but hopefully we're on the up here. Yeah. Uh, okay, next game, Sheffield United versus Manchester United at Bramall Lane. United, the overwhelming favorite. Uh, they've got two wins in their last three. They are on 12 points. Sheffield dead last. Six goals for, 22 goals against. They have one point on the season, that 2-2 draw against Everton, if I recall correctly. Four losses in their last five, the other one being that draw. Ugly, ugly football being played by Sheffield United. Uh, Manchester United should win this one easily, even though they kind of stink too. I'll I'll take United, and I think Rashford gets on the sheet too. Yeah, even with this United team being up and down and with a lot of injuries, I still think they they handle Sheffield. Sheffield's the one team I'm certain's going down, and they don't look good at all. So yeah, I'm gonna go with United here, and uh, Zach is as well. And I also saw on social media over the break we saw Jane Sancho in a in a what was it? It was like a bur- burlesque club or something. <laughs> so he was, he was with like, uh, I forget he was with, he was like the, with the Furies or something. I don't know. He was with oh, a group yeah. of, of like English guys, some, some celebrities or something. Crazy. Uh, okay. Aston Villa versus West Ham up next. This is one of the games of the week at Villa Park. Um, Villa is the favorite. They're currently in fifth place. Uh, they've got three wins in and a draw in their last four. West Ham uh, coming off a win and draw in their last two. Only two points separate these two teams in the table. West Ham in seventh on 14. Villa uh, fifth on 16. Uh, both of them playing European football, both in the uh, Europa League, I believe. Um, should be a good match. I, I think I'm edging a draw, but there's this is going to be... This is going to be a hard fought either way. I, I think it's a draw. I think it's 1-1 one, one or 2-2, two, two, but um, yeah, this is going to be an entertaining watch, no doubt about it. Yeah, West Ham in the Euro, Europe, uh, Europa League, and then Villa's in the Conference oh, League. Oh, Villa's in the Conference there. League, yeah. But still, both both play that weird, hectic schedule Thursday nights into Saturday and Sunday, so short rest, but long international break here. They, have, they both have quite a few international players, but none picked up any serious injuries, if any. Uh, I'm taking West Ham outright here. Zach is mm. too. I really enjoy West Ham. It seems like everybody they play besides like the top of the top in Liverpool and the City and Arsenal, they do fairly well. And I think Villa is vulnerable here in the back. So I'm going to go with the Hammers. Okay, fair enough. And then final game of the week, Tottenham versus Fulham. Uh, Manor Solomon going up against his old club. This one's at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where they've been playing all of the NFL games. Uh, and people have been bitching about the turf too because the football players get to play on the real turf and then the American football players get or they get to play on like the rolled in hard concrete turf. Um, so Tottenham's getting to play on grass and <laughs> the NFL players aren't. They're upset about that. Um, Tottenham with four wins in their last five. The one draw being, of course, in the North London Derby, 2-2 to Arsenal and Fulham in decent shape in 12th uh, on 11 points. Coming off a win in their most recent match, uh, but I think like this one's pretty, pretty uh, straightforward. Matt, who do you have? Man or Solomon apparently tore his meniscus really in training before the international break, and he had surgery over the break, and it was successful. So he's out until mid December. Israel's not. Least. Israel's having a tough time recently. Yep, and then Basuma in there. 
game before the break, he got a double yellow against Luton, so he'll be missing this game as well. He's had a great season, so potentially Hoiberg or Oliver Skip will step in next to mm. Sar. So that could be a bit iffy in the flow of how Tottenham play, but I feel like this might be a bit embarrassing for Fulham. I'm going to go with Spurs here, at least by three, Yeah, as Zach is as well. He's taking Tottenham. Yeah, you can pencil me in for that as well, I think. The Fulham defense has been really poor this year, uh, and I think that trend continues. I think Tottenham just blow by them. I like Son to to get on the score sheet twice. He's been in unbelievable form, as FIFA keeps letting me know with his 65 promo cards. Yep. Um, Okay, that is all of the games. Um, Anything else you want to talk about before we close this out? We can't really do uh, best and worst of the week, huh? No, unfortunately not. Didn't do too much watching of the of the international play. That could have been one, but um, yeah, I guess shout out to Reina. Reina picking up some yeah. goals there, picking up form. The controversy around him and Burhalter. Uh, he's performing in more serious competition games, and then um, Pulisic's screamer against Germany was a great highlight. And then uh, yeah, really nothing else. Just really excited for Saturday. Gonna yeah. be able to watch a lot of it. We have a potential nor'easter coming through our area, so all the games that I might have to travel to will be canceled, and I'll be able to stay in and watch all the matches. So that that could be a plus if that happens. I will be at the bar for my final shift before I begin my full time job. Um, so just so you guys know, upload times and and slots uh, may change a little bit now with me being on a normal schedule like Matt. Um, but don't worry, you know, we'll figure things out. You're not going to have to worry. Uh, I'm, I'm not working two jobs, so I'll be able uh, to have plenty of time to, to make sure that we get the content out that you guys uh, listen to every week. All right. Um, make sure you check us out on social media at Post20Pod. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Again, sorry for the short one, but next week we'll be back full swing. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you then.